Yo. What up? Mutant City Horror. Rated PG. Paul Solo. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Another week, another episode. Um, this week and next, we got some really cool interviews for you. Um, I don't want to ruin next week, so I'll, I'll if you follow the Instagram, which you should, um, you'll kind of see what that's going to be coming for next week. But this week, we got a really cool one. We sat down with uh, producer, writer, director, Ray Spivy. Um, if you are a avid listener of the show, you'll remember a few months back, we did an episode where we did an interview with him on his movie Storage Locker. And we had a special treat during that episode because part of that cast and storage locker included one Texas Chainsaw alum, Mr. Alan Danziger. He played Jerry the van driver in the OG Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which, man, it was such a treat getting to be able to talk to him. Well, turns out while they were on the set of that movie, they got to kicking around some ideas and came up with a new project called The Weed Hacker Massacre. I know it sounds similar, but uh, trust, brand new project. So this week, I sat down for about an hour with both Ray and Alan. So we got a lot more time in the seat with Alan, which is fucking awesome. Um, super appreciative of them agreeing to, to meet and kind of take some time to talk about their project. But we talk about everything from the inception of the new project to uh, the writing, the casting, um, you know, the Kickstarter, getting everything going for this new project. So uh, going to be fun stuff. When you guys are all done here, make sure to check out their Kickstarter, get involved with the project. There are some awesome benefits for you to earn by donation um, and, you know, just to overall be a part of uh, contributing to something awesome. So um, check it out. Enjoy. And we'll see you on the next one. Peace. Well, uh, I guess we can officially kick it off here. Welcome. Um Mutant City Horror, um, official interview for the uh, Weed Hacker Massacre. And with me today is, um, sorry, Alan, did you write it? Did you, are you responsible for writing this as well? No, Ray, Ray is. Ray, okay. So, the, so we'll, you're, okay. The, you're the creator. Okay. So, know, yeah. It all stems from Alan. Co-creators of the, of the Weed Hacker Massacre, Alan Danziger and Ray Spivy. Welcome, welcome back to the show, gentlemen. Now, Thanks. I will say I'm super excited because the last time the three of us were together, uh, Ray, the intention was for you and I to have a conversation about Storage Locker, uh, which um, includes Alan in that movie. And then you were gracious enough to bring him on as a special guest. So we only got a few Alans or a few moments with Alan. Uh, but tonight we it's all three of us. We're in it for a little while. We're going to be talking about your guys' new project, Weed Hacker Massacre. So I'm super excited. Ray, Alan, thank you guys for making this happen. Alan, I'm super excited to, to kind of hear all the details. So why don't we start and I'll just hand the ball to you guys. If one of you wants to start with kind of telling us what Weed Hacker is and maybe how it came about. Take it from there, Ray. You got it. Thank you, sir. Well, Alan had come up with this idea and we were at lunch and the more we started talking about it, the more we started laughing. And it's kind of a, a dark comedy with a lot of horror. And it was about a guy who loses his memory for a long time, but uh, he has quite the wild hairstyle. 
And when Alan was a young man traipsing around Austin, Texas back in the 70s, uh, he had the greatest head of hair you ever saw. And uh, so we, we got together and started talking about some ideas. I started cranking out some, some script and everything. And uh, it, it's coming along pretty good. In fact, we have a table read this Saturday. Ooh. And uh, we decided to go after a weed hacker as the weapon of choice. And it was uh, it was amazing how much was trademarked, like uh, weed eater is trademarked, weed uh, something else is trademarked. But we found the weed hacker it was perfect. And uh, our director, who's also a stunt guy, Jody Stelzig's fantastic, brought it for the trailer shoot, and he made a real one with a real metal blade. Alan, nice. talk about how scary that thing was. Oh, it's frightening. You know, it's it's a real slice and dice type of machine. Yeah, I saw it in the, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I saw it in the trailer and it looked pretty awesome. Yeah. So anyway, we're uh, going to shoot in March and uh, we're very happy with the cast we've put together already. And Alan talked to his old buddy, John Dugan. Oh, Grandpa. nice. Very cool. And yeah. and uh, Paris Randall of Circus of the Dead and some other movies is going to join us along with Britton Buchanan, who was runner-up on The Voice a few years ago, is writing some of the music for the movie, and he's responsible for writing the ballad of Chainsaw Jerry, <laughs> which is actually quite a good, quite a good song, and uh, and it kind of sums up my life in like three minutes. Oh, that's so awesome! You want to get a hold of that one? When it might we... be shooting up the charts in no time. When can we expect that one? It's out. Oh, it's, is it? Yeah, oh, it's it out. We'll have to get him a copy, right? Yeah, exactly. But he, but he's going to write a new one called The Ballad of uh, Weed Hacker Willie. Nice. Right. right. So It's a really great song. So tell us a little bit about your casting, right? Because, Alan, you're pulling some people from your past, but then you've got a lot of fresh faces um, in the trailer and some of the promos that we've seen on Instagram. So... What's that process like for you guys in trying? I mean, it's I, I can understand where there's some simplicity where we have established relationships with people we've worked with in the past, but we've got a lot of young talent coming in. So, so what's that process like for you guys for, you know, sourcing, you know, finding and and signing talent uh, to a project like this? I think one of the things we always try to do is give young people a chance. I think we talked about that last time. And David Trevino, who was in Storage Locker, is now the lead of this movie. So he kind of uh, got graduated up to the lead. Uh, Molly uh, was had a bit part in Storage Locker. And when we were finished, we were just like hitting our heads, banging our heads like, why didn't we give her a bigger part? She turned out to be such a natural. And Alan's met her several times. We had lunch with her and he, he was blown away. Uh, she, she, the camera even makes her, no, actually, she's better looking in person, <laughs> but she's, she's an amazing looking young lady, smart, and can really act. And I asked her, uh, had you acted in high school or had you done theater or anything? She said no, which is hard to believe she hadn't done some kind of acting. Uh, Bobby Grace is going to be with us one more time. She has been in Fear of the Walking Dead, and now she's going to play a bit where she's actually the director of the movie within the movie, which okay. is part of the storyline. Nice. And she's, she's going to be hilarious in it. She was also but, in uh, storage locker as well, if I recall correctly. That's correct. Yeah. So, 
so we try to, and we got a whole bunch of new people we're testing out this time that they're so excited and we'll, we'll have them at the table read and everything, but that's, that's kind of the thing. We just, we just kind of want to keep kind of like building our farm system uh, within as if it were a baseball team. Yeah. And Alan's got access to tons of friends and uh, we're, we're, we're going to be working on two other um, uh, I hate to say older, but folks that have been more experienced in the horror gen- genre and we're going to put out some uh, contacts to them here pretty soon too. And I, I think you'll be wild, especially if we can get them on. Nice. Awesome. And then we thought it might be fun to have some of us geezers, you know, <laughs> that are still around, you know, to, you know, do, you know, a couple of cameos and stuff and, and that people remember us when in the good old olden days, yeah. uh, we were young. So I think it's going to be a nice um, uh, blend you know, almost an homage to have some of the younger people that are terrific and very telegenic with some of us older people. Now, Alan, you're playing a sheriff. What's your name in this one? I think my name is Sheriff uh, Dancing Shoes. <laughs> and uh, and actually, that was a name given to me by a friend who couldn't pronounce my last name. <laughs> Just referred to me as Alan Dancing Shoes. And so, uh, and I think, I think I'm a hero in this one. Not yeah, you are too much, but yeah, it's he's, a he's rehearsal for me. He's he's going to have his first, and my, I hope it's not his last action scene. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, how how much it's of gonna a, be a short scene though? It's going to be a short scene. How involved are you in the movie? Um, you know, with your character, are you? Can you say if you're one of the like main characters? Do we see a lot of on-screen Alan, or do you take more of a backseat? Like. How much of you can we expect in this movie? It's, it's more, it's such a backseat. I'm almost out of the car. <laughs> but uh, but I, I think it's a pivotal role. That's And that's all I really, you know, want to say about, I don't want to give away too much, but, sure. you know, after 50 years, you know, Ray, I thought I was gone out of it. And he slowly pulled me back with Storage Locker. And then now with this new movie, We Hacker, and hopefully there's a lot of Chainsaw fans and, and soon to be uh, weed hacker newbies that will be looking forward to my triumphant return to the silver screen. Now we talked a little bit about this um, when we met for um, Storage Locker, but I, I want to ask the question again because um, I think it's important. And you know, we we only got a couple minutes with you last time, and maybe you can elaborate it on 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 it this time. But you know as you mentioned, being away from the industry for such a long time and Ray doing such a good job at, um, you know, bringing you back in, um, you know, wh- what is it about the profession or the, or the art craft or the craft I'll say that you do, you know, you're away for 50 years, you come back for one thing and now you're just all over the place. Like, <laughs> I'm curious to know, like, when someone's away for so long, what brings them back? Well, I think it's been, uh, I mean, all of a sudden, you know, these conventions that I've been going to and uh, just the fans, you know, their their love for the movie and actually how they, how they see us, you know, and uh, it just gave me that kind of energy, you know, to say, wow, if the right situation arose and Ray was just a, a wonderful director and just very gentle with me. And so he was able to hopefully get the best or get something out of me that that worked. And so I was delighted as as uh, Storage Locker 
uh, happened, and and that seemed to be a, a wonderful experience for me. So when we kicked around some ideas, and he said, "Alan, I think we have something here, and I'm going to write a part for you," I said, "I trust you, Ray," nice. and uh, you know that's how it is. And as as being a producer of this, you know, it's it's you know more behind the scenes, and hopefully trying to you know to create a situation where we can raise enough funds so that we can sure. do the best job possible and bringing this to this to the screen. Now, I don't I don't mean to kind of be all over the place with my questioning, but you bring up some really good points and you brought up one right now which is the funding for the movie, right? So, yesterday being Halloween, um I, I think it was either yesterday or today the the Kickstarter went live for Weed Hacker and I saw on there that uh, the goal is 25,000 with a deadline of end of November. And the the first thing that I thought of, and again, take this with a grain of salt because I'm not in the industry and I don't know how these things work and I've never started a project of this magnitude. So um, I could be totally out of um, out of line here. But when I saw 25,000 in 30 days, I thought my first thought was that seems a little aggressive. But then again, I don't know. So I'm wondering, you know, does it are you guys anticipating that that is maybe like a soft goal is that an aggressive goal like how realistic are we about hitting that goal in 30 days well i i think the advantage we have is we're a little older than your typical film student who's right out of school doesn't have all the contacts so we're kind of hoping that after all these years people still like us (laughs) i know they do for alan but my first uh, Kickstarter before I met Alan, uh, I think we did about 24,000. And that was just, you know, no big stars or anything. Uh, that was called writer's block. So I had a really good opportunity with that. But I, I know what you, I understand what you're saying, because I've been at uh, director forums and writer forums and people talk about how great they did on Kickstarter. And they say they raised $4,000 or they pulled $2,000 out of their IRA, you know, to get the film started. Sure, so we, sure. we have a little bit of advantage on, on that. And uh, the other thing I'm really banking on is all the proceeds that Alan made off the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre that he has invested that since 19, you know, 74 and it's multiplied and, and grown. Alan, how much did you make off of that first movie? $400. Okay. There you go. So Paul, you can do the math and you can see world will be in great shape. <laughs> yeah, I think the original Halloween was made for like less than ten grand in total, or something like that. There's, oh my gosh! Yeah, you always hear these stories about these movies that are made for shoestring budgets, and then they just end up becoming cult classics, and you know, just a part of uh, horror history. And people hold well, on to them forever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Chainsaw was made, I think, for around fifty thousand, and then post production, I think, was another hundred or hundred and fifty. And they kept selling, they kept selling off parts of the movie. So what I thought was a percentage of a hundred percent was a percentage of a percentage of a percentage. Oh, man. So, that, so there was more hands in that deal than the Muppets. And, uh, <laughs> and on top of that, to add insult to injury, the distributors of the original Texas Chainsaw Ma- Massacre were uh, was a company called Bryanson, which was mafia. So it was the mafia that were the distributors. Interesting. And the movie is killing at the box office, and we're getting checks that would allow me to get a McDonald's. You oh know, my goodness! So that's you know, unfortunately, that's the nature of uh, of Hollywood back then. It's, and hopefully, it's changed some. And I think 
you know, given all the people that I've met and the fans, you know, that are on our website or my website, I'm hoping they'll all be, uh, you know, helpful in making this uh, project happen. Yeah, 100%. And Paul, the realities of the budget are is that that 25 would really only be part of what it would cost us. Uh, generally, for a film of this, you're really talking over 100000 to make it because you're, you're trying what we're trying to do is just higher quality cameras we're probably going to go with the uh, aris and uh, we we hope to get two bigger names for the film as well uh, although they're not going to be as big as alan danziger that's for sure i don't but, think there is uh, one but... but our special effects will be uh even though we'll try to do a lot of homemade stuff but we do have a, a, some great special effects folks here in austin and i don't know why they, they want to get paid can you understand that? It's just that hard blows to my mind. Who wants to get paid? That's so yeah. weird. <laughs> no, I get it. And the question um, comes from a place of pure um, two parts: ignorance, right? Because again, I'm not familiar with the process, and um, inquiry. Like I'm genuinely, yeah. um, you know, just curious about how that happens because, you know, um, be be we started this podcast as a way for two friends to kind of stay in touch and, you know, um, you know, relate over things that we've done in the past, which is, you know, watch horror movies and kind of critique them and make fun of them and, you know, point out the awesome stuff about them. Um, but we've always had aspirations to write our own stuff or shoot our own things. And it's just too easy now with, you know, I've got, you know, a state of the art camera in my pocket everywhere I go so it that part isn't difficult, but I think we get too much in our heads about the logistics of things, right? Who's going to write it? When do we have time to shoot it? You know, how are we even going to pay people for this stuff? So it's awesome to me when I see that when you guys develop such an intriguing project, that people gravitate towards that and budgets can be worked out. Like when money is the last thing on the agenda per se, um, then it make it allows for, in my opinion, a lot of creativity because people are in it for the love of the craft as opposed to earnings and gains. So I don't know. That, well, that... If, we, if we can make that same $400 profit that Alan did back then, I, I think we'll be okay. But, <laughs> I'm kidding. but uh, it, it, the costs are, are, are kind of rising as well, just even since I shot a film back in 18 uh in austin there, there's more location costs for example uh than there was there and, and then and the other thing is uh you have an open invitation to come to the set and get all the education you want this will be in march uh, it'll be a beautiful time to be down here in austin and uh we'd love to have you oh that'd be great yeah i gotta figure that out my my wife loves texas we were in austin last year and san antonio the san, san antonio the year before that so any excuse that I can give my wife for us to go to Texas, she is all about it. So, <laughs> well, we'll put her her in the movie. We'll, we'll have to talk about putting you in the movie, but we'll. Uh... <laughs> yeah, and we will work we for free. It. We will work for free. So there's no worries there. <laughs> all right, Ray, you heard that. <laughs> it's on tape. It's on tape. It's on video. So yeah. So talk to me a little bit, Ray, about the writing process. You 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 had mentioned and and Alan had mentioned that. Uh, you know, you guys kind of kicked this around as an idea during lunch, um, you know, over lunches while shooting storage locker. Like you, you, you know, you guys are talking about it. It's starting to become a little bit of a reality, probably some moments where you're like, you know what, I think I can make this happen. And then the writing process starts. And, and so I'm just curious what that looks like 
from your perspective? Well, I have to make Alan happy. You don't understand the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Alan seems like the type. That is the vibe that I get from him. Oh man, he he just cracks the whip. <laughs> but we, uh, you know, we kind of plus some ideas, and then the first thing I'm an outline person, so I want to know um, really, you know, what's going to happen in the film before I start writing scenes and everything. This one's been kind of real interesting, in that we came up with the beginning pretty fast although that that did change a little bit and then alan had an absolutely brilliant ending and it's actually seen after the credits and every time we talk about it we can't stop laughing <laughs> um and so when you when you see this i i, I think everybody's just gonna, gonna leave the theater laughing hysterically or leave their home and, and netflix or whatever but uh, so, you know, we just we, we pitch ideas back and forth and we try to plug them in and how do we get to those points. But the outline really, really helps. And and I think we have a wonderful character, lead character and his relationship with his girlfriend or she may not be his girlfriend. We really don't know. But uh, these horrific murders that happened uh, 10 years ago and he, he's had some amnesia from it. Uh, and it kind of centers around, too, about this great great villain and it's poker face guy with a mask made of playing cards and sean rania is playing poker face sean is six foot four i don't know how many pounds he is over 200 pounds but he put on that mask uh during the shooting of the trailer and alan what what did you think about that it scared me i had to leave the set <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was frightening i mean you know conceptually we knew what it was i had actually built the mask and then to see him in it, it, and then when he picked up the weed hacker, oh my God, it was genuinely terrifying. Nice. Yeah. I, um, watching the trailer, um, there are parts of it where you, you definitely see the comedy aspect of it first, and then it gets into the horrific parts. And then there's a good, uh, at a certain point, it kind of meshes the two together. But those scenes of uh, Poker Face, um, they're dark and they're they're horrific and they it left me wanting to see more. So good, great, great job you with will. the trailer. You'll yeah. get all you want in the movie. <laughs> I think I think our tagline is after you stop laughing, you'll start screaming. Oh, that's great! I like that. Do I have to write that in now, now, Alan? I have to write that down, right? Okay. Well, I got okay. it recorded, so if we need to go back, <laughs> I always got it for you. <laughs> Awesome. So, okay. So you've, you've gotten something written, you know, there's an idea floating around, you've put some pen to paper, you've got a script going, and then we start doing some casting. And so the first part was to shoot, um, the trailer. How long did that take you guys to put together? We ended up shooting it on two separate dates because of actor schedules. Um, we were real lucky. We pretty much stayed at the same location both times. And uh, I think the first part of the trailer in the story is uh, Willie, the, who's played by David Trevino, uh, drives 13 co-eds to this festival. And of course, there is a kind of a physics question to it. How do you get all 13 in an old beat up station wagon, which I, I think it was a 1977 Ford that Alan and I bought. Um, it was a different color. And we found out that Mako was going to charge us like $1,200 to paint it. Ugh. So I, I scurried about YouTube and looked around and 
turned out that yes, you can paint your car with a roller. It looks like crap, but you can do it. And we came up with some ideas on how to make it fit that that type of style back then. And so we bought some wood panel wallpaper and stuck it on the sides. And it just looks like that great station wagon that I can't tell you how many people told me their parents had that back oh, then. 100%. And they rode in it back then. Mm -hmm. So so we had the prop. That was the first part with all the girls there and uh, ladies there, I should say. And and uh, and, and it, it just was such so much fun. Nobody wanted to leave the set that day uh, and just kind of introducing the comedy side of it. So I'm curious because um, I'm, I'm looking at the station wagon because as you started talking about the paint, the first thing my the first place my mind went to was I thought there was some like wood paneling on there. And then sure enough there was and i'm looking at it and i can totally see it now <laughs> <laughs> the bubbles are there yeah uh one thing about that that stuff looks like it's so easy to put on there it, it's like flypaper and it sticks and it's it's horrible so but one thing i did find out this time so when we get to the real movie you can actually cut it in sections really small sections put that on there and include paste the next section on there you can't see the seams it's really really amazing stuff but yeah i tried to do the whole whole length of the car and it's lucky i came out alive yeah you know what i'm going to cut this part out uh, when i post this but um i when you stop it and pause and you look intentionally i can totally see all the bubbles and everything i see exactly <laughs> what you're talking about you, you don't have to cut it out that's fine <laughs> The crummier, the better. So, so the the station wagon was bought intentionally for this project, or was this something you guys just picked up on? No, a for the party? project. Okay. And and Alan, aren't we going to crash it too? I thought we were I blowing it up or driving it off a cliff or something. Something epic with it is happening, right? Yeah. Um. I, Alan has a great mechanic, uh, Chris Miller. Is it Alan? Miller. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're gonna we're gonna shoot this part on Chris's property and. Uh, I, I think we, we have so many people that want to watch this, but, but we're going to crash it into this old decaying tree on Chris's property. And, and everybody wants to come watch this. I think when we originally spoke on uh, storage locker, you had invited me out for that too. And I was like, yeah, that, that seems fun. I would totally, you love can to even drive it, it into the tree. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> And you'll get stunt driver credit. Ah, there you go. I'll start my whiplash, but you'll get stunt driver credit. <laughs> I think it'd be worth it at that point. I'm totally fine with that. Cool. Okay, so we buy the station wagon. We got the prop going. Um, you guys shoot the trailer. Sounds looks like and sounds like everybody had a blast doing that. Um, and then we got the table read coming up this Saturday, and then principal photography starts in March. Man, right. how excited are you guys? Alan? I'm over the moon. You know, so I can't I can't wait for this thing to really start to start to happen. I mean, when I did Chainsaw, that was I think a six week, six week shoot. And at the time I was doing a camp for kids with mental uh, challenges. And so they worked around my schedule, uh, you know, to shoot, you know, the, the scenes that I had to be in. So. I really had it pretty easy. I mean, the rest of the cast, it was brutal since, you know, it was like over a hundred degrees. It was, it was shot in July right. and, and it was just, it was brutal. And, and the house with the decaying bones and, and Leatherface with the same costume for three weeks. I mean, all the Febreze in the world couldn't, uh, couldn't help that smell. <laughs> so, 
I think this is going to be a lot easier uh, that way, and that we're not going to have that kind of problem. You know, and Alan, since that happened back in the 70s, we've seen so many Texas filmmakers make that same mistake and try to shoot in Texas during the summer. Not a good thing. Not at all. Couldn't imagine. So um, I, I kind of I wanted to pick out a few things during uh, throughout the the trailer here. I'm trying to get it back up on my screen, um, but I, I want to start with the the most obvious thing, which is um, the mask, Poker Face's mask. Who 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 designed that? Who put it together? Like where does that come from? Ray. <laughs> well, there was a scene in Storage Locker where we had the secret society wearing masks. So I actually had a, a collection of these plastic masks and it wasn't a very good mask, but uh, just to get something started, I bought a pack of playing cards and I started putting them a certain way, added some acrylic paint and it didn't really take me that long. And I was shocked at how damn scary it looked. So I went shopping on Amazon and got a, got a better size mask and everything did some cutouts. And, um, and again, it, it it's uh uh, these cards and, and doing the paint and cutting the holes just a certain way. Uh, I, I can't believe how creepy that mask is. <laughs> and um, so, uh, you know, we'll probably end up with about five or six of them as they get damaged on set and things. Cause we're, we are going to have a lot of fight scenes or, or stunt scenes and everything. And we, we have to have a supply of them. And Alan was mentioning to me the other day, he says, I want to be sure every one of them looks exactly like the other one. So That's kind of important, uh, we're, we're yeah. going to, we're going to try to strive for accuracy. Okay, perfect. Now, what is it about the cards? Was it just, you know, by chance it just happened to look really great or is there any intent there? And if there is intent, I don't mean to, you know, draw yeah, any spoilers there out of you or anything. And, and Alan was the one that came up with the name. The poker face. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, so I, I wrote some backstory about it and we have, we have a wonderful young actor, uh, Levi, I won't say his last name yet, but he's going to play a flat in the flashback of how he became poker face. And it's, it's going to be really tragic and, and everything you're really going to feel for him on, on how this happened. And, uh, I'll just let, give a little something that he kind of becomes a little mentally damaged because of what happens to him. Uh, he's, he's working at a carnival with some other people he's an orphan and he gets hit in the head and when he first starts to hide the mark that's on his head the scar that's on his head he he had always loved playing cards and he starts putting some cards on his face to hide the scar and he realizes that the super glue is kind of really hurting <laughs> and then he builds the mask and that that becomes his trademark from then on Nice. I'd just like to add that Ray's being a little modest as far as how the mask turned out because he's also a photographer, a painter, uh, a midnight toker, all of those <laughs> <laughs> And he just did a masterful job. I mean, I just kind of came up with the idea of poker face and cards, and Ray took it from there. And uh, there's just real talent there to make that mask oh, look yeah. the way it is. 100%. Yeah, I've seen a lot of his work on his website. So I, I can concur. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate it very much. So are you guys going to be offering any kind of incentives or perks with the Kickstarter as a way to kind of draw people and, you know, hire donations, things like that? Alan, aren't you offering a, like a couple dinner or dinner, I think. Yeah. Ooh. I think first prize is going to be a, a dinner 
and maybe a stay at my Airstream. A uh, second prize will be two dinners with, with me. <laughs> so, uh, that tells you how how much I really think people are going to want that. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we've got some fun fun things to offer people, and Ray knows more about it. Yeah, we in the Kickstarter, for example, we're starting off with shout outs and the bumper sticker. Uh, there's going to be a poker face coffee mug, which we just designed the other day. And it really looks cool. Nice. Uh, the T-shirts, right? These yep, are great. Yeah, saw that. Uh, there's a lim limited edition lithograph, and we've already started selling a bunch of those. It's only limited to 500, and it's the original image of poker face with the weed hacker. It's going to be signed by Alan. They are signed by Alan and me, and, and they're running out fast. There's only 500 of those. Okay. We'll have... Uh, VIP visits on the set. You get yours for free, Paul. Oh, You're so lucky. Uh, roles in the movie. Uh, the dinners. Uh, tickets to a film festival, if it fits within that person's schedule. Uh, we have some original art and some props that we'll be uh, giving to fans that want to donate and meet certain levels. Uh, but uh, it, it's it's a wealth of wonderful, wonderful memorabilia that, that people can get. What, where can where can people find all of these things? Weedhackermovie.com. It's right there on the front page, and there's the Kickstarter button along with the trailer. Awesome. Yeah, I'll make sure that uh, when we put out some of the clips from this um, from this interview, uh, that we make sure that we include all the links uh, to all the right places for people to find all those things. Yeah, and actually, I, I keep screwing up, Alan. The, the official name of the movie is alan danzingers the danzigers put no extra n in there but alan's uh the weed hacker massacre the official name is nice yeah, so it's got to be a, it's got to be a hit it's got to be good or I, else i have to go into the witness protection program <laughs> i'm sure it won't be I that well, I'm looking at this Kickstarter. You guys are, are already on your way, a little over $400 uh, in the in the bucket. So off to a good start. My mom came through. Oh, right. <laughs> always mom. So so what are you guys hoping for with this project? Alan, could you get more famous? I'm hoping to retire in uh, Hawaii. Because <laughs> I've never been there. It's been on my bucket list, so... I'm hoping I'll at least get a, at least a trip to Hawaii. Nice. But no, I think it'd just be great to, you know, to do some new stuff and uh, that it's a, a dark, you know, dark comedy that there'll be laughs in it and that there'll be also some, some horror to it. So that'll, it'll scare people. A good scare is always good for the soul. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And there's always a, uh, you know, a, a good uh, appetite for horror. It's just a, a, a good release, you know, and that's, and people love it. People do love to be scared. Yeah. I mean, you see Halloween, how big that is. I mean, it rivals Christmas. Oh, yeah, 100%. Paul, Paul Allen really needs to tell this story of his death scene in Texas Chainsaw Massacre and, and how he worked himself up for that. Allen, can you tell him that story? I sure can, Ray. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I had not seen... Uh, I had not seen Leatherface, you know, in his full costume, full regalia. And so to make it even more believable, I had them uh, blindfold me. And I sat out on this porch for like 15 minutes, getting myself all worked up into a lather. As I said, it's my nod to the Stanislavski, can't even say it now, Stanislavski method 
which I just liked the name. I didn't even know what it was or what it meant, but I just liked that term. Sure. And uh, so I got myself all worked up and they yelled action. And I go meandering through the, through the house, through the vestibule into the kitchen. I see the hook. I see the freezer. It's making sounds. I open the freezer. She pops out. And I turn around just as Leatherface starts into the, into the room, into the kitchen. And I just let out a blood-curdling scream. In fact, my scream is number eight on all-time screens Get when the actor didn't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> and so I bolt out of the out of the kitchen, out of the house. I'm running, you know, and Toby's yelling, cut, cut. And he he ends up, they corralled me and uh, he puts his arm around me and said, Alan, that's a that's a great scream, but you gotta wait for him to be in the shot, you know, with the with the hammer. <laughs> and I tell you, I was so freaked out even after two or three takes. I was still running. So he had two grips behind me, pulling me down by my belt loops, just as that, <laughs> just as that hammer is coming down. Sure. And speaking of that hammer, I mean, I took that shot almost 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm still getting terrible at it. <laughs> so it's still with me. You know, it's funny. Um, I, you know, I have a co-host and he, um, you know, unfortunately couldn't be here tonight. Same as our initial interview a few months ago for Storage Locker. But we had talked about it on the next episode that we had recorded. And he was so bummed that he had to miss it because your death scene in Chainsaw is one of his favorites. Just the way that you were able to take that sledgehammer uh, is one of his favorites. You know, they, they showed that um, that scene. I mean, they showed the movie at... at um... I think it was, I forget, Cinema Wasteland a few months ago. And I found out I got a standing ovation when I got killed. I didn't know how to take that. You know, that was a good thing or not such a good thing. They were just happy to see me being off. Yeah. You know? And uh, and uh, Gunner, when he wrote his book, uh, Chainsaw Confidential, he said, Alan, what do you think your your role was in the in the movie? And I said, we were just fodder. We were just there to be killed. Sure. We were just filling, we were just filling in time until it was ready for our demise. Yeah, hundred so percent. That's it. That that's awesome. Now I can't help but um, you know draw some correlations between um, Chainsaw and Weed Hacker, right? Kind of similar, right? We've both got movies that involve uh, gardening tools per se, and uh, we've got Leatherface and Poker Face. Um, so you know, I'm I'm wondering, is there a lot of inspiration coming from Chainsaw in Weed Hacker? Are there a lot of similarities there, or fresh, or you know, is this you know just kind of all brand new? Sorry, I I don't know if there's so much of a question there. It was more of just kind of a, a call out that you know just recognize yeah. some similarities. Our, our attorneys are saying they don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> My mistake. I am totally sorry. I think I was looking at something else and I might have been drinking when I noticed that stuff. So it, 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 it happens in the business all the time. <laughs> no, well, but the it, fact that I'm, you know, that I'm from Chainsaw, so sure. it may be something. What? Know, every movie has some things similar, you know, so, but other oh, than that, yeah. it's, it's, it's a lot of brand new stuff. Yeah, you know? there, you know, some people will say, that there are no original ideas in a negative way, but I like to think that we all draw inspiration from each other. And, you know, if it wasn't for one thing, you wouldn't have the next. And right. it, you know, as long as you're respectful and paying um, 
homage, then I, you know, I don't see any problem with that. I, I love seeing, you know, parallels in, in different movies and seeing, you know, somebody's take someone's take on the same thing, but in a different way. And so, um, yeah, I don't mind it at all, but. And I, I was going to tell you that, uh, I did the voiceover for a movie called that should be out any, any, any month or by next year called cannibal comedian. So and Jerry, I don't know, Jerry, Alan, I don't know if you know. Um, yeah. So I'm, I have been following cannibal comedian, um, with a high level of interest. Um, I've, been out to see the movie at three different showings mm-hmm. um i've had interviews with sean the director i've had interviews mm-hmm. with uh, ryan james the producer of that movie um got some on-camera interviews with a lot of the cast from that movie um cannibal comedian in fact i've got this signed poster from the casting crew I saw, I saw that at a fan had that at one of the conventions that I've been at and uh, and it just won a uh, a hubby which is Joe Bob Briggs award they, of they did. I think, two films and cannibal comedian and he mentions that two two actors from chainsaw are in it and yeah. that's myself and Ed and both of us do the voiceover I do the beginning voiceover which is like an homage to what John Larroquette did sure so I'm saying everything kind of ties together. You know, it's kind of everything comes around. Yeah. And and cannibal comedian is a really good example of what I was saying, which is, you know, the pain, the pain of respect to those that have come before at the homage to, you know, some of the classics. And there are, you know, there's a lot of parallels in cannibal comedian um, from, from Texas Chainsaw Massacre as well, especially considering Mm -hmm. you're in both those things. But um, so yeah, it's, it's never a bad thing. I, you know, I just, I, I like to see it when it happens because uh, it just lets me know that um, fans of the things that I am fans of are now creating their own things, but also paying respect to the things that have come before it. So it's, in my opinion, it's super awesome. And, and Paul, to be serious about answering your question, this is a whole new story. We do do plenty of homages to, uh, to folks, uh, a lot of different horror movies as well, uh, or, or, or stunts or things like that. And, and again, we're going for the laugh and we want to respect, uh, the work that these folks have done. And, uh, so we think you'll really enjoy, enjoy it when you see it. That's awesome. So, um, I know it might be a little bit, um, too early to ask, but, um, are there any kind of early plans on, you know, distribution? Are, are you guys looking to shop it around at some of the festivals like Cannibal Comedian has been doing? Or are you looking for, you know, straight, you know, distribution? Like, what, what are the some of the long-term plans for the project? I really see us hitting the film festival circuit with this one just because Alan has so many fans, as does John and some of these other folks. And I, and I, I think it's going to give them a chance to to go to the festivals for the fans to enjoy the movie and, and meet them uh, and, and enjoy every moment of it. And of course, we'll bring some of the other cast members to these as well. And, and some of the fans who make donations that are interested in joining. So it, it'll be an amazing party experience, we hope. And I hope you can come out on, on some of these as well. Um, but uh, after that, we will probably make a decision on distribution. We probably won't pull the distribution trigger quite as fast as we've done on some other films, but I, I think this one's going to be really good for the fans across the country and, and maybe even overseas to, to enjoy it at these festivals. Nice. 
Yeah, that's going to be awesome. It seems like everything is moving along really well, right? Things are, are clicking and happening. We got the trailer out. We got the Kickstarter going. Got some funds in the in the pocket there. What's been the most challenging thing so far with this project? Alan, you got a beef? Say. <laughs> Do you have a beef with anything? No, no, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> I just my my only thing is I just got to stay vertical for a few more years, you know. <laughs> so every day above ground is a good day for me. Nice. And especially now that I'm traveling, I'm, I'm meeting people uh, all over, and I think it looks like we'll be going to overseas to London in July and maybe some other countries. So I'll be another avenue to promote, you know, Weed Hacker, you know, and you know, draw draw fans from Chainsaw. To the you know to this new project and uh it's all it's all exciting and like i say just being in canada uh, the fans came up and that many of them have already heard about weed hacker so i think the buzz is the buzz is going it's happening that's great paul it's, it's been so much fun just putting this together and, and and there's a group of various people that come and talk about it and everything and uh, when we get together for a meeting or have lunch uh and, and especially Alan and me, we, we will start laughing and, and we really can't stop laughing. And and I think the comment came up the other day is like, it's a shame we have to shoot this movie because we're having so much fun talking about making the movie, which is, which is really kind of rare. Uh, and I, I'm real thrilled. Uh, I, I can't wait in a way to, to see it in March. And I'm psyched about this table read because this will be the first time to hear the actors go through it and and find out how funny this is, how scary it is, and everything just on paper and them reading it out loud. Nice. And I'm already stepping ahead to the Weed Hacker, the musical. <laughs> you know, so right. the opera. I mean, there's just so Those many quite popular. things that can happen. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. one thing I will tell a little secret to your fans here Jody just contacted me, our director, Alan, and he, he thought of a great idea of the table read. What if we got Sean? to dress up as poker face and run into the room with a weed hacker during the table read. And we'll record the screaming for you there. Paul. We're going to have a cardiologist on set. <laughs> well, I had to warn you. Definitely. Alan. Okay. okay. So that, that uh, great segue into my next question, which is the table read. Are you guys just going to be doing that behind closed doors? Or are you going to be shooting any kind of footage for that as, as promotional? Yeah, we'll have our set photographer, Mike Rania, there, who happens to be Sean's father. And Mike's been our set photographer for a couple films. And Sean's two kids are have little cameo roles at the end of the film. So it's kind of a family production for the Rania's. But uh, we will shoot plenty of still pictures, probably shoot a little video here and there, just as long as we don't give away the movie. Sure. But uh, uh, Jonathan Kirkland, uh, not of the Costco family, unfortunately, <laughs> is our social media guy. And yeah, he, that would everything make the budgeting do, issues a lot easier, huh? Yeah, everything we do. <laughs> yeah, I, I, the chickens are so cheap. They're great. Oh, yeah. But everything we do is just uh, social media, social media. And, and the funny thing is, you know, I never knew what I didn't know what he was talking about when he said table read, because there was no table read for the chainsaw. <laughs> for chainsaw. Not only was there no table read. There was no table, you know, so <laughs> yeah. we didn't have anything. They just handed you, you know, scripts and they kept making changes. And yeah, it was a lot of, uh, a lot of people were stoned during the, we'll fix it know, in post. I, Don't worry about it. 
Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, cool. I'm super excited to see what comes of it. I'm, you know, uh, the little bits that you can push out as things are moving along. Um, you know, the table read is this weekend. And then, um, again, principal photography sounds like it's shooting in March. So, it, you know, um, is there anything in between those two things that we might be able to look forward to? Because I would imagine when you guys start principal photography, there would be some, you know, behind the scenes stuff and maybe little snippets right. that you can promote on socials. And I want to make sure that um, I'm promoting the right way as well. And I think, um, you know, I, I, I've I got into this conversation with a few people before the, 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 the Instagram account for our podcast was really um, started as a means of being able to promote our podcast, but what it's turned out or what it's turned into is more of a platform for us to promote other projects, independent horror, um, you know, independent artists, things like that. And so, you know, we've had the opportunity and, and the honor of meeting people like Alan and Ray and, you know, Sean Heights and, you know, his whole camp and just, you know, becoming advocates of, of those things. So it's hard um, sometimes when everybody has a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo or, you know, Seed and Spark, and so the level of value that we bring as a podcast and as a platform is to be able to provide all the promotion that we can to help spread the word and, you know, um, ignite the interest and, and get things going that way. So I, I just Great. appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the least really that we can do 100 percent. But I'm just curious between the table read and principal photography, um, if there's anything that we can expect or anything that I can expect to kind of help you guys uh, promote they're at, you know, in that timeline. I think we'll have some news developments and, and probably shoot a little more footage here and there. Uh, definitely if we land, when we land these uh, next two big parts uh, that are folks that have horror film experience, uh, this will be big news for us. And uh, so we'll, we'll keep coming up with ideas on how to do it. But uh, again, once we start principal photography, you're going to have all the material you want, you know, each day to, to look at we'll we'll put out little snippets here and there and interview the actors as they're going through it and things like that so uh i don't think there'll really be a lull but you'll definitely see a, a, a kind of a gusher of information in march or even a little bit before we start shooting that's gonna be awesome yeah super excited for you guys great well thank you so much yeah i was absolutely. gonna say that uh when we were shooting when we shooting chainsaw there was one a uh, one time when toby I don't know if I should say this, when he invited me in to see rushes, you know, of, of the movie. And I didn't know what they were, you know, daily rushes. I kind of heard about it. Sure. And so I watched, uh, you know, a few minutes of the rushes and, and he said, Alan, what do you think I could do to improve the movie? And I said, uh, have the seats facing away from the screen. And uh, he didn't like that <laughs> at all. And I never called me back. But it tells you that, I mean, really the movie... The best part of it was after the movie was shot in the editing and in the renaming. Originally, I think it was a Leatherface or Head Cheese with a working title. Right. And a fellow by the name of Warren Scarin, who Ray knows about, he came up with the title of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Absolutely brilliant. And the editing and the tightening, and it just became what Quentin Tarantino says is a perfect movie. Isn't it so, so weird, Alan? I mean, you've, you, 
It's beyond weird. No, uh, what I what I want to say is, you know, you go into this project 50 years ago, not really knowing what to expect. You're kind of doing it by this, you know, on the fly, right? And there's no table read. Here's a script. Everyone's high. We're trying to figure out as it goes. You know, they're working around your schedule. The director's asking you for input on, you know, the movie. Yeah. And there's this right. weird title for it. You know, let's kick this around. You don't know what you have in that moment. And then to see 50 years later, that is one of the most iconic movies in horror movie history. The thing is, I wasn't an actor. And as this guy that reviews the movie refers to me as this 30-year-old disco stew-looking dude, <laughs> I mean, so what else, what else could there be? And I didn't have to audition for the part, you know, they because I was in Toby's first movie, Eggshells. And that's a whole other story for another podcast. Okay. Well, well, actually, Alan, Paul, Paul, do we have time for like a quick two-minute story? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, uh, Alan has to tell a story about eggshells. Okay. Uh, we, we were talking about this the other day, and it's actually pretty amazing. Alan, you want to tell it? Yeah, yeah. In eggshells, there's a scene where I'm at the at the stairwell, actually with Kim Hinkle, who wrote Chainsaw, and he's reading poetry or some gibberish you know to me and i'm wearing my shades and i'm i'm kind of looking around i'm distracted and then i look up and i go you talking to me <laughs> and i said that line it's on it's on tape it's on celluloid in 1969 uh taxi driving That's before taxi until 1976 yeah and there's a scene where robert de niro travis bickle what is watching a scene from Chainsaw, which leads me to believe if they saw that, they probably saw Toby's first film, which is Eggshells, and then there I am. He's taking my line. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually looking, and I want to cast the net out for a uh, an attorney that can do pro bono <laughs> or even sunny bono work, but something to help me out here. That is too coincidental for it's my It's a good story. That is awesome. I'm not making this up. It is... It is what it is. But it's got to be a whirlwind for you, right? So going in and doing that project and not even thinking about how successful it's going to be, let alone, you know, that it's a staple of horror movies 50 years later. You know, you just go in, you do this project, and then just here you are now 50 years later, and you're like, at least I would imagine you've got to be just kind of in the clouds about how successful that movie has been over time, and it's just... You know, you didn't know I mean, what you had yeah, when you yeah. were doing it. You know, it's just this is a small little project but and who as, knows as what I, it's going to be. Yeah. As I say to people, my, my greatest fear about growing old, other than having a prostate the size of a volleyball, was that I'd be living in a van down by the river <laughs> feeding ducks. Yeah. Well, I got the van. I'm just not living in it right now. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. <laughs> Well, I'm hoping that, um, Ray, your projects with Storage Locker and Weed Hacker have the same story 50 years down the road, that somebody else is doing what we're doing here today and, you know, talking about the success that is these movies and uh, these projects and, you know, sharing the same kind of love for those the way that, you know, we love uh, Chainsaw as well. So and I'm really excited to see all the things coming down the line from you guys. I appreciate it very much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.